you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And our brother, J-Mac, and Richard are on tap to help us navigate the show today. We'll mm-hmm. open the phone lines up in the last segment of the show and get your take on uh, some of what we're talking about today. Today, I, I kind of wanted to do like a um, like a juxtaposition um, looking at Chinese culture versus American culture, mm-hmm. which is interesting because we've talked about um, what the Chinese are doing um, as far as persecution goes and um, the Chinese run church versus the underground church and what we might learn from our brothers and sisters, even as they face this real uh, smash mm. of persecution. But I want to look at something that they're doing now that um, when I read this across uh, a couple different stories, our news articles, I thought, you know, it's really interesting what the Chinese government is doing. And strangely enough, I, I actually see some takeaways. Now, I'll be very careful here. I see some warnings. Let me say it that way. Mm. I see some warnings present in these current event stories that I think, uh, in particular, Christian parents would do well to pay attention to. Yeah, We've been talking about the influence of media on our kids for a very long time. And I think sometimes when we talk about this, it kind of fades into the background and becomes one of those things that it's like, eh, I don't know that it's really doing that much harm. I don't know that kids are really that much, you know, influenced by um, characters or um, reality mm-hmm. TV stars, mm-hmm. if you will. But the Chinese government um, begs to differ and they're doing something really interesting about that. I want to talk about that. Yeah. And I want to compare that to a news headline um, that was out at the end of August. Now I am not, and, and, and whenever, man, whenever I look at these things, I want to be very careful because sometimes in your attempt to talk about these things, you can be found drawing people's attention to it. Um, you know, unintentionally mm-hmm. and sometimes with really, you know, dire consequences. So I, I want to be very careful yeah, here, but I saw yeah. something very interesting. Um, the, the comparison of our cultures, you know, uh, the Chinese culture and the American culture And I think it's something very important for parents to pay attention to, uh, Christian parents in particular, to pay attention to that I want to highlight today. Uh, The site, and we've talked about this site before, this site kind of came to um, prominence, if you will. I don't know if prominent would be the right way to describe it, um, unless it appear to give something in the way of positive um, description. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the, the site OnlyFans which is a site that allows regular everyday people to monetize their bodies. Okay. And I remember the articles that began to come out um, at the height of the pandemic and the lockdowns and how um, people, Americans, Americans began flooding to this site. And um, anyways, so 
long story short, and we'll get into the, the, the thick of it, you know, when we come back and do a side-by-side comparison, mm-hmm. but the, the long and short of it is the site OnlyFans decided that it was going to ban pornographic activity, that it was, it was going to clean up its act because it wanted to have the financial backing and the support of credit card companies. Okay, I'm so I'm already not, going I'm into not the story. all the way familiar with that site, but I thought that that's what that site was. It wasn't a pornography yes. site? No, it wasn't. And that was the problem that OnlyFans was trying to solve. Oh, that okay. it was not gotcha. that kind of site, but quickly turned into sort of a pornographic ghetto. Gotcha. That it was not designed to be that way. Uh-huh. But when people learned that they could use it uh, in that way, it turned into that way. It, it turned into that type wow, of site wow. very quickly. So yeah, it didn't right? have any boundaries, like any like regulations on it too. no and people quickly ah. lived up to the max of their depravity <laughs> right and right. turned it into that type of site and right. it's interesting because only fans said they wanted to um ban the pornography because and you'll understand why i'm meshing these stories together here just shortly right now i'm just kind of setting up mm-hmm. so maybe i'll pause here because i know we also want to make our our listeners aware of some things that we have going on here um, at the American Family Association. So I'll just pause here and we'll get into it. But I, I really mm. wanted to just kind of um, juxtapose our cultures here just for a second. Um, the Chinese culture, what they're doing versus American culture, what we're doing. And and then also, you know, kind of leave us with the reality yeah. that when we talk about pushing back against companies, and that's what we do at the American Family Association. That's what we've done for decades. Mm-hmm. We push back against companies. But what we have increasingly found is that the companies are following the people. Mm. They're following the consumers. Mm. So we, we used to look, and in some ways we, we've turned a corner where it used to be that the companies were pushing this out. You know, there was a small group of people who thought, oh, you know what, we could push the envelope here, we could do that. And, and then we'll just take the culture where we want the culture to go. Well, what I'm going to say today, and we'll go back to it after on the other side of the, the break and, and the announcements and everything, but what, what I'm suggesting today is that it's no longer the media and these companies that are pushing the culture, mm-hmm. the culture has already arrived. And so now the culture is pushing the companies. The culture is pushing the media outlets. And so yeah. when we are standing up and saying, don't voice this upon our kids, don't throw this at us. It, it is actually we are the ones who are eating it up and mm. we are the ones who are um, giving it its mainstay in right. our culture. Right. And and the reason I want to point that out is because, man, it's with God that we have to do business yeah. when we look at what's going on. It's not it's not these um man, it's not these nameless suits in these corner offices that were like, you're destroying our culture. Yeah. It's your neighbor next door. Mm. It's the person that you go to church with on Sunday, but then on Saturday night, they were uploading to their OnlyFans. You understand yeah. this, this, yeah. this is the reality of where we live. Wow. And so anyway, we'll talk about it. We'll juxtapose it. We'll, we'll look at what's going on. in Chinese culture is very interesting. And then look yeah. at what's going on in American culture and, uh, and then just make the observations that we need to make. Um, okay. anyway, we'll do that. But, but first, Will the Great, what kind of announcements do we have? Yes, we have a marriage family life date night coming up, uh, September 20th, 630 to 830 PM. If you go to marriage family net, you can register there and we need you to register. It will be on uh, Union University campus. Uh, all the directions and everything and the address is on the site. So go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. Uh, is a casual uh, attire, so make sure that you're comfortable. So that's September 20th, 
uh, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And also for this month, we have our new by design uh, September challenge. So the challenges are a way for married couples and uh, for their families to engage and grow closer together as a couple and in a walk with Christ. And for the month of September, by design is wanting you to participate in the date night challenge. We are asking married couples who live or in or near Jackson, Tennessee, which will be our next date night in that area to attend um, our upcoming date night event with us, Will and Miki. Uh, it is a night of biblical encouragement, laughter, and enjoyment. And registration is open until we reach full capacity. If you are not able to attend, we want to encourage you to choose a day this month, schedule a babysitter, and either make reservations at a restaurant or create your own date night at home. Make it a night only for you and your spouse to laugh, relax, and enjoy yourselves. Uh, to show that you participated, uh, post your picture on the By Design Facebook page and put hashtag BD date night hashtag BD date night and so this is just something fun to do if you can't make the date nights that we're having the events you can have your own uh, take pictures and post it on the Facebook page it would just be something great to do so that's the challenge for September all right so um, I think everybody is probably wondering if Will the Great is going to schedule um, a separate date night for us, since our date night is technically work, um, it's a work event. We <laughs> we are laboring. It yeah. is it is. I mean, I I feel embarrassed to call it work. Uh, be that as it may, Mariah. Be that as it may. Uh, I think the question is, what are you planning when mm. you take this challenge for September yeah. as the date night? Wow. Um, where you know, well, because because we, we will travel we, with the kids to the date night. And look, they're we, not coming to the date night. Ex- exactly. And, but, but they will be there. With us. So Correct. we have right now built in uh, babysitters. And so That's I true. think it's, you know, I got to I got to consult with those babysitters and make sure okay. that they know, you know, uh, that there will be a night where you and I will go. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So we're going to make that happen. And so that we're going to have two date nights in September. All right. Well, I'm looking forward the, to it. The and work one and the. Not work one. The, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, hope, uh, I hope I don't have to come back and tell people that you didn't do it. I hope so too because I you, you got know, all month. Look, you're not gonna you know no, no. I'm gonna I'm, make it happen, Kathy. I won't be disappointed. Okay, no, nah, all right. You, you're gonna you're gonna be good. Also, if you want to follow us on Facebook, just look up Erin Addison's there, and we uh, the show is live right now. If you want to see, you can you can watch right now, and so just find that on Facebook, and we're right there. Okay, so let's let's just get into our content for today and let's try to think deeply about these things. This is what we do um, when you listen to Aaron the Addisons. One of the things that we try to point out is that we are unapologetically Christian. Um, mm-hmm. The Lord Jesus has changed our life. Uh, we have received eternal life because of his sacrifice, uh, because of the fact that he has risen and daily interceding for us. Um, the mediator between man and God, Jesus Christ. Mm. And uh and, and so what we try to do is we try to look at the current events and we try to look at the headlines and then filter those things through a biblical worldview. Right. Look at what's going on and ask deep questions, not just let it um, sort of be, you know, polluted headlines that we consume and maybe get frustrated with and then move on. But, you know, ask bigger questions. And so that's what we're going to do today. Um, I was listening to a podcast over the weekend um, or from over the weekend, and it talked about China banning now, listen, I understand that in our current culture, what I'm going to read is going to be very offensive to some people. 
uh, to other people, maybe not so much. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to be careful. You know, I don't give trigger warnings and all of that stuff, you know, like, you know, I know people still require those things, but anyways, this kind of falls right into the category of what I'm about to talk about. Uh, but here's the headline. This is a daily wire story, um, written by Megan Basham, who I think is the, um, media or the entertainment, uh, reporter for the daily wire. And the, the story is China bans sissy and girly men from TV. What it might mean for Hollywood. Now, right. I want to be very careful and take my time with this story because there's so much in it that you can kind of mine out to to be challenged and provoked personally Mm -hmm. to think about what it is that we allow for our kids to consume. Right. Yeah. And think about what what is obvious that we've been saying for decades. We've been saying these things for for a number of years. The impact that TV, media and all of this, the consumption of it that it has on our children. Right. And so here we have a real life sort of like living example of, OK, we are we are eradicating this. Now, listen, in the United States of America, we celebrate while we still can. Uh, we don't do stuff like this. <laughs> right. We don't just go through and just. But what should happen is that parents should do stuff like this. Mm. Parents should say, you know what, that's not going to be filtering uh, in our home. That's not going to be, you know, cycling. It's right. not going to be something that our kids are consuming. Right. But here we go. Here's the story. All right. So, so follow me here. Uh, Daily Wire article on September 3rd, Amazon released its highly touted remake of Cinderella featuring Billy Porter in the role Mm. of a genderless fairy godmother, a genderless fairy godmother in China. A production like this just became illegal. That's because the country's National Radio and Television Administration, NRTA, announced last Thursday that it had instituted new measures to keep effeminate men off Chinese screens. Mm. Guys, go with me for a second here. I just, just, okay. They introduced an eight point plan designed to address the kind of entertainment they said is responsible for quote, severely polluting the social atmosphere and wielding a bad influence over China's youth. Mm. One of the key avenues, it appears, regulators are pinpointing for keeping the girly men off screens. And in fact, this is this is the official term that they use to describe (laughs) Niang Pao is what they what their term That means girly men, girly guns. Wow. Girly guns. (laughs) We got to grab the break. We'll get back into this story. It's very interesting. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll come back and kind of dive deeper into this story. Stay right there. You are, you're a great guy. 
Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Jennifer Meckel, great guy. So this is the story from The Daily Wire. I'll try to squeeze this in, and then we're going to go to our guest. We're going to talk to Mark Gregston today about grandparenting today's teens. This mm-hmm. might be a neat tie-in, um, especially when you talk about what's going on in media and the yeah. grab for our kids, and as we often point out on this program, our grandkids increasingly. Um, I think grandparents are waking up paying attention. We get so many questions from grandparents about how to help their kids right. with the grandkids. Right. And so we want to make sure that we're sensitive to that. Um, but let me just kind of squeeze in a little more of this information here, um, because I think that it's very telling of what's going on in the culture at large, but that the Chinese have kind of recognized how their culture is being polluted by the celebration. And I would say um, the saturation mm-hmm. of effeminate men, or as they call it, girly men in programming. And they are banning it. Now, man, there's there's so much more that I, I want to say with this. But in the interest of time, let me go back to this article here and kind of get it set up. And um, well, it's already it's already set up. Yeah. Uh, so so what I'll do is just kind of give a little more information. and Then we'll go to um, go to our guest here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but according to the Chinese government, they're looking at reality TV shows. They're looking at their um, pop, the K-pop bands. Uh, and what they call as an androgynous, I'm sorry, androgynous aesthetic. Mm. And they're saying that this has had an immense influence over the young men in their society mm. and that it's caused their young men to not be, quote, masculine enough. Wow. To not be masculine enough. Wow. And the problem that China is facing, you remember, from 1980 to 2015, China had a one-child policy. Right. And so overwhelmingly, girls were aborted. And so you had these families where you they had these this one child, this son. And what the Chinese government has also banned is the playing of video games. They are now allowing only three <laughs> hours of video game playing on the weekend because they're saying that all of this has messed up the culture, the Chinese Man, culture. And, and, that, they're, and they're they're right. I, you know, look, like I, I'm for freedom. So, you know, don't right. get me of wrong. Of course, of but course. When I hear some of these things, and it's amazing because, like you're saying, they had the one child policy. Yep. And the boys seem like the boys that they have are now being ruined, you know, as far as being, you know, gravitating towards homosexuality. So, you're, yes. not, you're not having the population increase. Yes. And, you see, and then they're seeing that how the video games are also sapping yes. away the, 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 it the brain space. It has made them lazy. It Man. has made them, according to the Chinese government, has made wow. them lazy, unwilling to marry. And now China <laughs> is trying to catch up because of depopulation. And so they need them to marry. They need them wow. to produce children. Yeah. And they need strong men. Because remember, the Chinese government is trying to produce a sort of nationalism. Guys, mm. I, please understand what I'm saying here without everything that I'm saying. They're <laughs> trying to produce a certain type of nationalism. Men who are ready to show up for their nation. And they're saying right now they don't have it. Mm. And so they're looking to pinpoint the reasons they don't have it. All right. Now I got to. Wow. I know. I know. Because I'm thinking like we need to do something over here because. Well, again, we're for freedom. We're for freedom. (laughs) But but this is where we say the parents have to step in. And and let's segue to our guest, Mark Gregston and the grandparents. (laughs) All right. Mark, are you with us? How are you? I am. I am. But I, I think I, I'm going to like our discussion a lot more than the discussion what you guys are having to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I tell you, listen, there is so much that is going wow. on in culture today. And parents and grandparents are like 
alike are, are looking for ways to be able to um, engage their teens. We hear it all the um, time. To be a blessing to them. These yeah. are the kinds of questions that we get. And you have authored a book, Grandparenting Today's Teens. And we want to spend some time talking about that. I feel like this is the the obvious question, but what motivated the writing of this book? Why are we going now beyond just parenting today's teens and even looking at the role that grandparents play? Well, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I'm always looking for positive role models and affirmations for teens that, that need it. You know, you know the, the, the thing that's happening in China, what you've just mentioned, the things that are happening in this culture, they're happening everywhere. Mm. And basically mm. what's happening is the way that people communicate, the way they engage, the way they connect uh, is not satisfying. Uh, and, and, I mean, and so I, I think what happens is kids become very frustrated with that they can't uh, fulfill what they've been created for, and that's for relationship. Mm-hmm. Because the way they're trying to do it isn't working. And so not only do they not develop relationships like you and I have in our path, now what they are trying isn't working, and it's pushing them deeper and deeper into trying more and more things. But it also, that's why we see the, re- the rise of uh, depression, the, the mm-hmm. rise of anxiety among mm-hmm. kids, suicide rates increasing at alarming rates. I mean, 15-year-old boys have the second highest suicide rate. 15-year-old girls at a 75-year high. I mean, it's a cultural influence that's not just in other countries. It is worldwide. And and so so that being said, I'm always looking for opportunities to engage people with teens. And I I believe that God is keeping grandparents around, those people with a little more wrinkles and a little bit more gray hair, uh, not to jump in an RV and drive to Arizona and play shuffleboard the rest of their life, (laughs) but to spend time with their teens and offer wisdom that is desperately needed. I mean, our our kids are drowning in information, and they're starving for wisdom. And Mm. so that was kind of the motivation. Uh, A couple named Bill and Gloria Gaither said, you need to write a grandparenting book. And I said, I'm not old enough for that. You guys are old enough for Why don't you do it? And so that's how it started. And then Gloria just said, no, you need to do this. And, wow. uh, and so I've had a wonderful time doing that, encouraging grandparents to engage with their kids, to offer them something they're not going to get from this culture that can kind of balance out some of the craziness that we see that's happening, you know, throughout the whole world, basically. Mm. You know, so many of our listeners, Mark, will be familiar with the spots they hear on American Family Radio, um, Parenting Today's Teens. It's been such an encouragement. It's one of those things where um, the Lord has really used uh, the information in the shorts to encourage. Mm. It's almost sort of like a drive-by counseling session. You know, there are parents who are going through things, and right at the moment, um, you have recorded a, a spot or an encouragement that touches right where they are. Um, But this is not by accident. You have over 45 years of experience working with teens and parents in crisis. Tell us about some of the things that you have learned over the years. And I know I'm kind of like asking you to dip out one grain of sand, but tell us some of the things that you've learned over the years that for the parent who's listening right now, who may be in a place of crisis and, and, and all of these crises look different across the board, but I know that the social media influence is a huge one. Uh, what have you learned from parents and teens and working closely with them over the years? Well, you know, it's what I started with. When I was 19, somebody asked me to help lead a young life group, and 
I learned way back then, back in the early 70s, that, you know, that really offering the gospel to somebody uh, entails a relationship. And not only not only their relationship with Christ himself, but our relationship with them. And and I've gone back and forth and all over the map. I've been a youth pastor. I was at a Christian sports camp for years. I was a Young Life Area director. I, you know, and I've always realized that, and I always had a heart for these kids who are struggling. But what I've realized is, is you have a discipline problem, you have a relationship problem. And and here I am at 66 years old, at, you know, 47 years later, and 3,000 kids have lived with us through the years. I look at all of that wow. and I go, you know, what I've learned is that relationships are key. Mm-hmm. If we're going to establish a, a, a constant connection with our teens, whether we be a parent or a grandparent, but it's the relationship that we form. And, they, and these are trying times in one sense because there is so much conflict, there's so much negativeness, there's so much judgment that is happening, and those are some of the things that have a tendency to push kids away. It's not, it's like if you're a parent, you are authoritative or you are uh, uh, demand perfection or if you're a judgmental. Those are three things that now that just don't work with a teen culture. And mm. so it, it's difficult to engage. And what that means is all of us have to look and say, how do I take the timeless truth that I believe to be true, that I hold the biblical principles that I have wrap my life around, how do I take that and engage a culture that isn't looking at it the same way that I am? How do I do that to engage them, continue to offer them something that they're not going to receive anywhere else? And I think that's probably one of the greatest challenges is maintaining that relationship. And to do that, I think I think grandparents and parents, we all have to say, what is it about me that's keeping that from happening? It's too easy for us to say, well, they're on the phone all the time, or they're playing video games, or <laughs> they're doing this, or they're doing that. We can be very critical of them, but what they're really trying to do, when you think about it, is they're trying to connect with one another, and it's just not working. And they're doing that through their wow. phone, because that's the, the mode of operation. And so yeah. I can't spend my time being judgmental of them. I need to be saying, what do I need to do? Why are they more interested in that phone than they are of me? Mm-hmm. And why is it that they want to connect with somebody else rather than connect with me? And so I've got to be wise in my approach to say, how do I get them to engage with me in such a way that they would be coming to me for wisdom rather than me always trying to chase them down to shove something else down their throat? Mm. Mm. That's good. That's uh, good. A question for you. Um, so the relationship between parent and teen could be kind of stressful sometimes where it's not. Uh, it's hard to relate. So how do you find uh, teens relate or are they receptive to grandparents? Because that seemed like that would be a bigger gap, you know, as far as age wise. And uh, is it easier or do you think it may be a little bit more difficult because of the generational uh, gap? You know, I think I, I think that it, it can be a little bit easier. If I look at you know my own kids and, and I've got grandkids that are 21 and 15 and you know, just <laughs> nine and mm-hmm. eight. And, you know, I, I mean, of course it's easier to engage with the grandkids for me to do that. And, mm-hmm. and the reason is because I don't have to deal with rules and I don't have to live with them and I don't have, you know, all these different, I can spoil them rotten and, you know, I can do all those things. But here's the thing that I think is, is, is amazing to me is that, that the, the disconnect that, that happens, I, I think as parents, 
and grandparents, we always have to be saying, what is it about me that's keeping the relationship from going deeper? Before you look at the speck in your child's eye, mm-hmm. look at the speck, look at the log in your own eye and say, what is it about me that, that they don't like or that they're not getting from me? And then it's saying, I'm going to pursue them with abandon, which yeah. means I'm going to do whatever I need to do to connect. And so it becomes easier because I think what's happening is that that young people are not getting the wisdom that they need. They are drowning in information. Uh, they are starving uh, for wisdom. And, and they're looking for it, and they can't find it because they don't find it in the relationships they have. They don't find it in... A lot of the people that are around, and my, my concern for, you know, for any team right now is that they're beginning to look at Scripture even as just another piece of information yes, rather than right. the wisdom of God and what it is. Mm. And so, so for me, it's, it's saying, I, you know, I'd be well pleased to share with you not only the gospel, but my life as well, mm. because you become dear to us. And, and so because of that, that means that I'm going to engage with him in such a way that says, my intent is to love you. There's nothing you can do to make me love you more. There's nothing you can do to make me love you less. But, it's, but know that in the process, I'm going to be sharing with them my life, which is a reflection of the presence of God, that, that can hopefully engage them and give them some answers and share wisdom in such a way that it is fulfilling a great void in their life. It's mm. mm, good. You know, I, I feel like these type of relationships sometimes can be tricky, and I'm thinking about grandparents and like their children not the grandkids should there be some type of conversation between the parents and the grandparents to say like maybe the parents say we we need your help like we would love for you to help us disciple our kids or you know how do you even because because some grandparents may feel like well I don't have the right to really do anything you know but they may feel like, man, but I want to. I see what's going on. I, like I know I have question. something to give. Yeah. But, man, I just don't want to step on my daughter's toes. You know, how yeah. do you even begin to approach that? Well, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, and I think at the core of it, this is what happens, is that we say, as a grandparent, we say, I have something to share, so I want to give them to them. Well, what if, I, what if what I'm sharing isn't what they're wanting? And, and I think the first place we've got we've to step uh, the first place we've got to go is to find out what they want, mm-hmm. and and I and I think that 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 any parent would welcome a grandparent to be involved. Mm-hmm. A grandparent doesn't need to be judgmental. They don't need to have the secret agenda they're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. They don't. That's they so they don't need any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. What they need is to participate in their life in such a way and and engage in such a way that a child has the opportunity to see Christ fleshed out in their life that makes them want to be like that grandparent. Mm-hmm. It's not, not because it's something else they can teach. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I believe in teaching. There's no, there's no doubt. that. But I think a teaching model is more for parenting uh, ages 1 through 12, and perhaps training is more 12 mm-hmm. through 20 years of age. And you can mm-hmm. either raise That's your good. kids to live in a zoo, or you can you know, uh, prepare them to survive in the jungle. But they need to be trained in what that means is I'm going to shift the way that I engage with my kids so that I'm giving them what they need rather than what I think they need. That's I'm going to so figure good. out what they need and, and move toward them. We're going to grab the break. Let me just give the website here as well, heartlightministries.org. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. 
This is Airing the Addisons on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for sticking around. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, J-Mac and our brother Richard are on tap. We're going to take some of your calls here. I just want to kind of loop back around to talking about uh, what is going on in the Chinese government and then also what's happening here in the United States of America that can be really telling about where we are. But before I do that, I want to remind our listeners that the book is Grandparenting, Grandparenting Today's Teens by Mark Gregston. And you can go to parentingtodaysteens.org to learn more about Greg's um, Mark's ministry, Greg's mm-hmm. ministry, Mark Gregston's ministry. <laughs> yeah. Mark Gregston, you can go to parentingtodaysteens.org and learn more about uh, his ministry, Heartlight. Okay. Um, so I just want to, I want to uh, do a, this is so ambitious. It's always ambitious, right? I want to s- shift back to talking about <laughs> Chinese culture, mm-hmm. what they're doing right now, and then also have time to take calls. So we'll just see how it all shakes out. Okay. Um, all right. So the Chinese culture, uh, uh, Chinese government is banning effeminate men from its uh, television programs and from its movies. Mm. Okay. Now you might think that this is just a, a problem for Chinese culture. And why do I say problem? Um, Problem because it's government control, right? It's not allowing the parent or or the guardian or whoever to make the decision about what their kid is consuming. But I think it is also very telling about what the Chinese government sees as heavily weighted in entertainment today. Hmm. Now, (laughs) again, I often wonder why it seems like people who do not fear God are (laughs) seemingly running Leaps and bounds ahead of us know, who fear like, God and know him. They see this. Like, <laughs> they see the problem. Yeah. And, and, you know, the way that they address things, they're willing to address it, you know, and and really to kind of shut it down. Like, we and we see these things, but in our own homes and in our own families, we yes. will do very little, you know. And, and we are Man. dull in thinking that it doesn't really affect our kids the way we think it affects our kids. Right. Now, listen to this. Um, okay, so I was talking about this, <clears throat> excuse me, this eight-point plan that the Chinese government rolled out for how they're going to address the entertainment that they find problematic, right? Yeah. But one of the key issues, it appears, regulators are pinpointing for keeping the girly men off screens is by <laughs> barring, that's what they, this is in the article, guys, I, I, you know, um, Barring broadcast and TV companies from showing, now watch this, guys, talent competitions and <laughs> idol development programs or variety shows. Wow. Okay. Now, right. Okay. So I remember a few years back, and you actually captured it, um, Will, and you actually turned it into a spot um, or a little segment from our show when we, I think we were still doing it in the morning, where I was talking about how our kids used to like watching the, children's cooking competitions yeah until they started rolling out these children who were sexually confused but they were celebrating it so like little boys wearing lip gloss and dressing like you know girls and what we realized now listen guys i'm not trying to make this something that's like deeply spiritual or like you know on the top shelf of like the spiritually mature like i'm I'm, you know what i mean like they're oh only i felt in my spirit no look there's (laughs) There's some things that should be ours by way of being born again. That this is not like stressing and straining, you know, like you're not in the, man, I hate to describe it this way, but it's not like the gem of holiness. You understand what I'm saying? Where you're like, yes, now I know. (laughs) These are some things that are ours because born again. Yeah. Because the spirit of God indwells you and gives you wisdom. 
right? So we started looking at these things and we were like, no, you know, we can't, we can't feed this to our children while trying to at the same time present to them God's design for men and women that, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God and that we are complementary in our design. If we say that to our kids, but everything that we put in front of them questions that or shirks that or, you know, treats that with disdain, then what we are doing is we are competing against ourselves. Mm. We're competing against our own best efforts. And so we, we nix these things and look, and, and, and we were very clear with our kids. Now we're not, we're not about to watch people exploit children. Right. We're not about to watch people make money off the confusion of children. And here the Chinese government is saying the same thing and pinpointing with great accuracy where it's coming from. Let me continue with this article here. I know I can't, I can't belabor this too much. The kinds of reality programs that uh, find and establish new boy bands and pop singers are especially popular in China <laughs> as TV networks there have sought to copy the British and Korean shows to which young Chinese viewers flock. While the announcement didn't explicitly, uh, explicitly reference K-pop bands whose members tend toward a slight androgynous aesthetic, the government blaming effeminate reality performers for failing to encourage China's young men to be masculine enough seems like a direct allusion to groups like the BTS group. And which, strangely enough, I know this group. Like, I, I've seen this group. This group is popular even in the United States. Mm. And I, I just said that, and some parents I know, you were like, wait a minute, I know that group. Anyway. <laughs> The party also instructed entertainment producers not to cast actors with lapsed morals. Wait, what? Man, this is, Wait, I, you know, this, this, this is a real is, story. This is right. I know. I know. <laughs> it's amazing to hear. Okay. It's, and it's, and, and at the same time, it's hard to take it seriously because, you know, when you talk about lapsed Last morals moral, you're while China you're. Government, like, Chinese yes, government. exactly. I mean, wow. So you, 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 this is the point to me where you have to just sort of like, um, I don't know. It's like eating fish with bones in it. You know what I mean? Like it really is. It's a very uncomfortable experience. You know, it's fish with bones. Um, but that's what this article is. But but for the things that are to be pulled out, those are the things that I want to pull out. And, and I want to compare that to American culture and say, wait a minute. You know, what the Chinese government is trying to do, you know, from a government standpoint, mm -hmm. parents should be doing from a parental standpoint. Like yeah. parents should be saying... Man, so, but now, and, and I, I just, again, I want to make a comparison here and I want to be very careful. The Chinese government is saying, we want men who are useful to us. Christian parents should be saying, we want men who are useful to God. Mm. We want men who, when God calls on them, they have not been stained by this mm. world. They are not growing up sexually confused because they have been fed a constant, consistent, persistent diet of sexual confusion. And it's normalized mm. and it's popularized. Now, here's something else that I think is very interesting. Believe it or not, this is going to have an impact on the American movie industry because the, Ameri the American movie industry has long since sort of um, been on bended knee for the Chinese um, share of the, the, the movie industry, right? So the Chinese government had to approve movies that would show in China coming from America and Americans would allow the American media would allow for things to be rewritten, to be redone, to be edited for things to be full on taken out because the Chinese government would say, we're not going to show it here. 
<laughs> and because of the millions and millions of dollars that Americans stand to lose, they would willingly and joyfully and gleefully take it out. The Chinese government says, don't cast that actor. Americans say, we won't cast that actor. We won't do it. <laughs> so now here we have two trains that are chugging along on the same track. Yeah. Head to head. Mm. And the question is, what's going to happen? Will Americans love for everything that is LGBTQ plus and their love for everything that is M-O-N-E-Y. Right. <laughs> However you do it, you know. Um, will that collide? Will that collide? And I think what you're going to see, because already, let me tell you who's already in this category right now. Marvel. Mm. Marvel movies make untold millions of dollars. Yeah. All one, right. One just did this past weekend. <laughs> Come on. And, and notice the flavor of it. Okay, mm-hmm. just just to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. But so now Marvel now has recently announced that it's going to be more inclusive, right? So, you know, you've seen the recasting of this person in this role mm-hmm. and the inclusion of certain scenes and romantic relationships and all of these things that have nothing to do with fighting and dropping down into the superhero pose. Right. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Right. Nobody right. cares. All, all, all people want to do is see the perfect superhero fall down on the ground and land perfectly with his fist down on the, I mean, that's all they want to see. Right. But because we love to push what is immoral, Mm -hmm. right. We would sacrifice all of that. And we say, uh, Americans are still coming, but the Chinese are saying, but we're not. Mm. And so the question then becomes, what will American culture do? And, Mm. and this, this is going to be really interesting to watch. And I'm going to keep telling you about it because Because I I, want to see how they change it. I wonder like, so what has the stronger hold? love yes. of money right or this whole spirit sexual of sexual deviancy yeah, right lgbt deviancy like i think we will see yes and ah man if i had to like guess wow i don't know in america the sexual deviancy is strong you know but mon- man both of those money the love of money i don't i don't know let me open the phone lines. We're not going to we're not going to be able to get to the only fans um today, but let me open the phone lines cuz I really want to hear from our listeners. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You can comment on anything that we've talked about today. I will say this as a as a note for for us to be thinking about um the Chinese movie industry, the Chinese movie market has overtaken the United States to become the number one movie market in the world. Mm, it's the okay. number one movie market in the world. Yeah. And so if you think that the United States is going to be like, oh, pff, whatever. Nah, they have the upper hand. Oh, man. And, I mean, and they know. know it. And they know it. And so the Chinese government has already taken to rejecting movies coming from the United States of America hmm. and saying, now nah, we're not showing that because you guys have this written in it. And, and if you want us to show it, you're going to have to change it. And so they've already taken to doing that. And wow. I think you're going to see that increasingly, which is really an embarrassment for um, a nation whose Lord is the because whose God is the Lord. It says that it, it looks like China has higher morals, a moral standard than the United States of America. It's interesting. They do and they don't. Right. They do and they <laughs> right. don't because because they do in as much as Xi Jinping is, is trying to produce an army. Yeah. He's trying to produce an army now where we should have been. In, in position, I mean, I'm talking about Christians in the United States of America. We should have likewise been endeavoring to produce an army. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, a soldier in the army of the Lord. Amen. I don't mean to sing it, but I'm just saying we should have been endeavoring to do that. But that wasn't valuable to us. 
But you know what is valuable to the Chinese? World domination. Nation, nation, nation. <laughs> and so they're like, we're, we're going to remove every impediment to that. Wow. How much more so to the Christian? Man, come on, man. I, guys, I, wow. I, listen. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'll try to squeeze in as many of your calls as we can. Mm -hmm. um, Will the Great, where do we go first? Let's go to Timothy in Texas. Hi, Timothy. Hey, how are you doing, guys? How are you all doing? Can you hear me okay? Yes. yes. Go ahead. I just had two, uh, two, two scriptures I want to kind of draw a parallel to what you were saying about China. In Genesis 2, Bible talks about uh, there were two trees in the garden, one, the knowledge of good and evil, one, the tree of life. Uh, and then, I'm going to tie them together, and in Deuteronomy 9, it talks about a stiff-necked people who created an image, right? After uh, they, they didn't want to, uh, they, they heard from God, and, and, and they decided, hey, look, we don't, we, we're not necessarily interested in that. Mm-hmm. What you're seeing in China is what you saw in Deuteronomy. What they're saying is, and they're pulling this information from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is both evil, good and the, and the evil are both one and the same. They're both evil. Uh, because what they do is they craft an image of a man um, that they themselves are the powerful ones. God mm. is not the head of it. Mm. I love the parallel of what you're saying as far as the onus on the Christian to be concerned about his issues, but when you disobey God, you produce a fruit. And this particular fruit that we see in our nation is a okay, back in the day, they said they wanted strong men, but they had to be white. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You're producing that, that we're seeing the fruit of that image. You crafted you a man with, with, with a goat's head, uh, basically, just like they, in parallel to what they did in the Old Testament. And that image now is bearing babies. So we can't run mm. from, the, from, from, from God's Word. The full counsel of the situation is to understand that we should—God gave us—he gave us full counsel. He said, of the tree of life, that's the only tree that you were to eat of. And so what we deduce, we are to— correct the problems from that source so yeah china yeah they do say that yeah they want strong men but they want strong men that aren't godly right right yeah no you you listen i there's there's so much in what you said i wish i had more time to ask you some uh probing questions um there's some things that maybe i'm not uh exactly clear on but i do i do want to agree with your point here that when we start talking about man as setting the standard and man um, making himself the standard, this is what we get. And we know that Xi Jinping has said basically that he is to be seen as as God. He is right. to be worshipped as God. And so certainly he is laying down his own rules, laying down his own standard. That's right. right. But again, I want to toggle back to to one of the points that I made. And I wish I had time to make more because there's so much that you can mine out of this story. Um Listen, how much more so should those who fear God be laboring to ensure that you produce kids who are useful to God? Yeah. Again, the Chinese Man. government is trying to produce kids that are useful to them. Mm-hmm. So in, or- in order for them to do that, they've got to know what use they have for them. Lord, 
Help us to be shrewd. Wow. Help us to be wise. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>